Welcome to the Bible Foundations program. I'm your host, Jerry Smythe, and again, we're thankful that you could join us today and spend these few moments together with us in God's Word, laying Bible foundations that will last for eternity, uh, beginning right now in your life. And we thank you for taking the time to be with us and every day here on Radio KELE, and we just want to thank all of those people who are helping us to produce this program at the radio station And we want to thank you especially for taking the time to know what God has to say to you today. It's critical, it's important that we know what God's message is to us today. It's been given to us over hundreds of years. And what God has written in the uh, very early chapters of Genesis apply to you and I today. For they show us the very heart and nature of mankind. They show us how we got in this mess we're in throughout the world today. It shows us why there's such hunger in the world today, why there are so many people starving to death. We hear reports of persecution in certain parts of the world today where some are being held in slavery of various natures, natures and children are being sold in sexual slavery and various things are happening that are almost, well, we just don't even want to talk about them. But we keep hearing about it on the news and we wonder, how do we get in this mess? Well, my friend, this is the result of that first man and woman who refused to obey obey God. They chose to believe the lie of Satan when he came to the woman in the garden and said, Did God really say that? Did he really say you'll die? Why, you'll not die. You see, Satan lied through that serpent to the woman at that time, and he is a liar, and he is a murderer. It was his intent to destroy the creation of God, to steal God's glory, and draw all things and all men after himself. And he chose to deceive and to lie about God. Satan knew that they would die in their relationship with God because that had already happened to him. He knew what spiritual death was. You and I have been born outside of the garden, so it's hard for us to comprehend. And so we accept Satan's lie to say they didn't really die that day. But my friend, the Bible tells us that they did die that day. And now we see through lessons right through today that the consequence of sin is that there's death following. As we see now that Adam and Eve are outside of the garden, having been protected from eating the tree of life in their state of sin, in their state of separation from God in his fellowship, and now awaiting physical death in this life, they await the death of the physical body being cut off from God, but giving, uh, having been given a promise of hope, the promise that the seed of the woman would somehow produce a way to overcome that evil one in our very lives, that evil one that uh, would destroy and would cause the murder of Adam and Eve, which really took place right there in the garden. They were cut off from their uh, uh, fellowship with the Lord and that their bodies would now die. But in the meantime, God allows them to have children because he gave them the promise of the seed of a woman. And here the first seed comes. It's Cain and then followed by Abel. And Cain by the evidence, refused to believe the lessons that God would teach them, their parents would teach them about God. You see, they refused, he refused to accept 
the message of God's plan of redemption, the promise of a deliverer through the things his parents had told him. And his attitude now coming to God is that I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to come to God the way I think is best. I'm not going to listen to what somebody else tells me. I'm going to make my own choices. He wasn't going to be like his brother Abel, who simply believed what his parents had told him about the blood sacrifice that was necessary, the blood being shed on the ground, and how that the sheep was uh, that which he was keeping after was to be brought in perfect perfection to be used as a sacrifice, showing that the only way to God is by a blood sacrifice. Oh, what a critical point this is to understand the bloodshed again and how the helpless lamb was to be a substitute for them in this particular situation, one who would give his life to allow them to approach God. That was God's way. And this is what God was teaching. And he was teaching, and the scripture has proven to us as we studied in our last lesson, that Abel came to God by faith. He believed God, and therefore he came God's way. Now, we saw that God rejected Cain's sacrifice. Cain brought the best fruit probably you and I could ever find in any market, and probably better than that. You see, it was good. That was the fruit of his labor, and God had blessed his uh, labor of the ground, and he brought these beautiful specimens to God, and God rejected it. Oh, my friend, he was angry at God. He was angry at his brother because God accepted his brother's sacrifice instead of accepting him. And now he is evidencing again his separation from God. Now, was Abel a sinner? Was Cain a sinner? Yes, they were both sinners. The difference between these two who are noted sinners here is that one believed the record that God had given and the other did not. Oh, my friend, do you see the mercy of God in attempting to reason with Cain? He there in the outside of the garden now, he comes into the place where the sacrifice is being made and he talks and relates to Cain, showing him, don't you understand that you need to have rule over this evil that's in your life? Don't you understand that this bend to do it your own way is not acceptable? You must come only my way. It has to be done according to my will and my pleasure. You remember in Genesis chapter 4, verse 7, that God talked to Cain directly. He says, if thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? In other words, will you be teachable? Will you let me show you the way? You see the heart of God in this thing, my friend, communicating with his creation here, the offspring of Adam and Eve, the one whom he had given life to in the form of a child. And now he says, if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. You see, God was instructing Cain in that loving way of God, just as he had called out to Adam, as he'd called out to Eve there in the garden, saying, Where art thou? He wanted them to come to him and to repent and to agree with him about their sin and tell, ask him what they should do about their situation. But you see, Cain, too, now gets hard-hearted. He's already said, I'm going to do it my way. That's, an, that's a big mark against him to begin with. And now he says, I'm not going to yield. I'm not going to agree with God. I'm going to continue to do it my way. I'm going to do it my way, no matter what the consequences. 
And we see that here's this one that had no faith. He was unbelieving. He refused to believe what God had passed along in instruction through his parents. And then he's offended and he's jealous and he becomes angry and he becomes unteachable in the face of God. Saying God, as we would say today, some of our insolent uh, sayings of the day are, get out of my face. That's what he's saying to God. He's refusing to believe as God reasons to him. Oh, my friend, have you told somebody else to get out of your face and not listen to them? Oh, do you see the very reflection of sin in your own heart by this kind of an attitude? That's the attitude that Cain had as he now is face to face with God and leaves the reasoning presence of God. And he leaves angry and unteachable. His heart is aflame with rage. He's angry at his brother. And then he finds himself alone with his brother. And he kills him. He murders him right there on the spot. Oh, my friend, the consequence of sin. The consequence of Adam and Eve's sin. Now, as their first two children being born outside of the garden with the, under the control of Satan that they had yielded their children to by their own sin, refusing to believe God themselves. Now, their own children were susceptible to being tempted by God. And who is it, you think, that put this uh, tempted by Satan? I mean, be tempted by Satan and to put that evil thought of murder in his heart. Oh, my friend, the consequence of sin is terrible. Who was it that was leading Cain in this situation? Who do you think that put this into Cain's mind uh, to kill his brother Abel? Oh, my friend, it was Satan himself. It was Satan himself, for he was a child of Satan now, not a child of God, being born outside of the garden where there was no direct fellowship with God as had been with Adam and Eve. That source of life had been cut off, and now he's under the control of Satan. You remember we talked about Satan's deceitfulness and how he wants us to think that we could never be like Cain. Oh, I would never hurt somebody. I would never kill somebody. But look how quickly Cain's anger flared. Oh, my friend, we think that sin isn't in us, but it lies at our door. It lies in our door. And in a moment of instant irrational thinking, we do that which is unpardonable before the eyes of God. We commit sin with our mouth. We commit sin in our heart and sometimes carry it out to the physical act. You see, one of the things many people fail to look at is that the way of sin is death, whether it's a violent murder or a slow process of simply living apart from God and finally dying and going into eternity spent away from God's presence in the lake of fire because we chose not to believe God. You see, even right now, perhaps some of you are weighing in your minds, is this really true? Is God's word really for me today? Is it really something that I have to pay attention to you? You see, that's Satan telling us that there's that it's questionable. It's his putting doubt in our mind. Did God really say that? Oh, my friend, God gave us his word so that we would know how to respond correctly to him. And that means subjecting and surrendering our will to the will of God. Oh, you don't have to choose God, but my friend, the consequences of not choosing God's way are eternal death, not just physical death, but eternal death 
We've already been born separated from that life source. And God offers us a way to be connected to a right source through his promised deliverer. But we reject that news and we decide to do it our own way. And we allow the murder of the heart of Satan to be an effect in our own lives. He wants to destroy your relationship with God, just as he did with Cain there in the garden. But my friend, every person is accountable to God. God still communicates with us through his word in particular, and he still desires our fellowship, and he still wants us to respond to him. And in his word, he shows us that we are held accountable. You see, God knows what's going on. He's everywhere all the time. He's a spirit. He is spirit that fills the heavens and the earth. And he is everywhere all the time and he knows what's going on. Now in Genesis chapter 4 and verse 9, we see God asking Cain the question. And the Lord said unto Cain, where is thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? Am I my brother's keeper? First, he's unbelieving. He's offended. He's jealous. He's angry. He's unteachable. He's in rage in his heart. And in the rage of his heart, he murders his brother. And now he lies in the face of God. He lies to God face to face. And God had seen him do it. God's everywhere all at once, you see. He already knew that Cain had killed Abel. God knows what's going on, just as he knew what happened in the garden with Adam and Eve. God saw him do it. God is everywhere, and he knows what's going on, and he knew what was going on right there, because he, and he alone, is supreme and sovereign. He's above all others. He's the chief. He's the ruler. He is supreme in all that there is. God is holding Cain accountable now. He will hold every person accountable for their thoughts as well as their deeds. And in this day, in this situation, we see that men think that they're not accountable. But my friend, God has not changed. He's unchanging, remember? Now let's read on and see how God asks Cain to account for it. And he judges sin once again. Genesis chapter 4 and verse 10. And he said... What hast thou done? This is God talking to Cain. The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. Now art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto her strength, unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid, and I I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it shall come to pass that everyone that findeth me shall slay me. And the Lord responded by saying, And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. Oh, my friend, the day of accountability. The day of accountability was there for Cain. Cain now is standing before God, but he still wouldn't listen. He still went away from God following Satan's ways. Cain would not repent. He would not 
change his mind and his attitude toward God and toward his sin. Now you'll remember that repentance is a change of mind, a change of attitude toward God and toward oneself and toward one's own sin. Repentance is a sinner acknowledging before God, you are right, God, I am wrong. Everything you commanded is good and righteous and holy, and I have failed. I have no hope in myself. You see, that's what true repentance is. And that's not what was in the heart of Cain. He refused God and proceeded to go his own way. We see two things that are critically important here. One is that God is holy and righteous, and he demands death as the payment for sin. And then the everlasting theme throughout the word of God clear through today is that man is a sinner and he needs God and is helpless to save himself. You see, Cain's descendants now, as we look on into the word of God, followed his example. They lived without thinking about God. The ground was cursed now. Things wouldn't grow for him like they did. And his sacrifice just didn't produce at all now. His own way just didn't work. And instead of tilling the ground now, his descendants filled their lives with material and physical things. They built towns and raised cattle and made tools and musical instruments, according to the Bible. Now, there's nothing wrong with these things in themselves. What was wrong was that they concerned themselves with these things and excluded God from their lives. They filled their minds and their time with the things they wanted to do. They had no interest or time for God and the things that God wanted them to do. You see, they were under Satan's control. They were under Satan's control. Oh, my friend, do you see what a terrible effect disobedience to God had brought into the world? Because Adam and Eve sinned, all of their descendants were born sinners separated from God and without oneness of mind with God. Their first son, Cain, murdered their second son, Abel. Cain turned away from God then and would not listen to his words. And as a result, Cain's children and their children also went their own way instead of God's way. They lived according to their own sinful ways because they didn't know God, nor did they seek him or did they seek his truth. They didn't want to believe in him, you see. They were guided away from God by Satan and his lies. You see, if we as parents turn away from God's truth and refuse to listen to God, probably our children will not listen to the word of God either. You and I, my friend, are responsible not only for ourselves, but also for our children and, in fact, our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. You see, we, you and I, today need to listen to God's Word and also to make sure that our children are exposed to the Word of God. It's not just a choice that they should, should be left to themselves. You and I have a responsibility before God to show them the way to God. If we don't do it, let me tell you, nobody else will. Now, as we read Genesis 4, verse 25, we see the picture of God's faithfulness, the fact that he never changes, that he always keeps his word, and he's promised that there would be a seed of a woman who, by whom would one day defeat the uh, efforts of Satan in men's lives. 
And now in verse 25, we read that God kept his promise that there would be another seed of the woman that would carry on the line that he had promised. Verse 25 reads, And Adam knew his wife again, and she bare his son, and she called his name Seth. For God, said she, hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. Now we see our chronological timeline progressing. We've looked into eternity past and see that God is everlasting. He was there before the foundations of the earth and he exists by the virtue of himself. He is God more than we can comprehend in the human mind. He is so uh, much more than we can comprehend that he expresses himself to our humanity as God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three individuals and yet one God. How can this be? Well, my friend, accept it by faith because God said it was that way. That's how he helps us to understand that he's so much more than we can comprehend. And he wants us to accept him that way. Then on in our chronological line, we see the spirit world created by God before the foundations of the earth as servants to uh, carry out his will and desire. And we see that of those angels, there was a number of them that rebelled against God, led by Lucifer, who had been put in a special place. And now he has rebelled and led others in rebellion, and he's cast out of the presence of God. And, uh, and he roams to and fro about the earth, and the scripture tells us, seeking whom he may devour. Then we see God creating the heavens and earth out of nothing, displaying his magnificence, and all of his omniscience, his all-knowing abilities, and all of his omnipresence, his ability to be, to be everywhere all at once, and his omnipotence, the fact that he can do anything he wants. He is the supreme power. All of the, the thinkings of mankind, including all of the possible atomic energy releases there could be, don't even begin to compare with the power of God. God knew how to do everything by his own will out of nothing. And he did so to demonstrate to us that he is God and to create an environment for man that was perfect. Then in our timeline, we see that on the sixth day, God created Adam and he breathed into him the breath of life after he had formed his body out of the dust of the ground. And then he took the rib out of Adam to create a suitable helpmeet for uh, for Adam. And her name was Eve, the mother of all living, giving that name by Adam himself. And God enabled Adam and Eve to tend the garden that he'd made. And he gave them the boundary. And he had see, gave them the understanding that they were not to eat of only one tree. And that was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so now we see that they disobeyed God, that their lives have been severed from in their relationship with God. God still talks to them uh, to give them correction and so on, but their fellowship, my friend, their source of life in God for eternity was cut off. They had not that relationship from then on, and they suffered death at that moment. And later we'll see that their lives, that their bodies will die as well. So our timeline then has brought us through the uh, understanding that Adam and Eve are now outside of the garden, being cursed by God for their sin, and yet given a promise of the seed of the woman. And in that promise, God begins 
to give them children. He gives them Cain, and then he gives them Abel. And, and Eve makes the statement that I have gotten a man from the Lord, recognizing that all life is given by God, even into the womb, my friend. It's life given by God. But sin has control of Cain's life, and he responds in unbelief. He's offended, he's jealous, he's angry, he's unteachable. He has rage in his heart and he murders his brother and lies to God and now he's a wanderer. But the example of Abel's sacrifice is what God would have you and I to understand now as the next child is given to Adam and Eve, that one whose name is Seth. He's given the example of how we must come to God by faith through the sacrifice of, a, of an animal, a perfect animal, whose blood would be shed as a part of God's teaching to us. But the picture is that Abel came to God by faith, believing what God said, and Cain did not. He came with his own do-it-yourself religion, and God could not accept it. And he still cannot accept man's do-it-yourself religion. Now their third son is born, as we see. God giving them the one named Seth. And God gave Adam and Eve another child in place of Abel, who was killed by Cain, so that he could keep his promise to them and keep his promise to you and I. You see, in the garden, God had promised that he would send the deliverer who would overcome Satan. And this is the one who would come, who would have come through the line of Abel, who had trusted in God. But Satan guided Cain to kill Abel attempting to throw off God's plan of redemption, but it didn't work. God knows everything, you see. God's plan was not interrupted by Satan's devices. God always does what he promises, and he doesn't give up or change because of things that Satan does or because of what other people do. You see, in place of Abel, God now gives Seth to Adam and Eve. But he too now, is born separated from God. The difference is he trusted in God and believed just as Abel did. God planned that the deliverer would come into the world through the line of Seth. Oh, my friend, the terrible results of sin passed down from one generation to another. We see now that God is graciously providing a way of escape, but that way has not come yet. But Seth comes to God, God's way, believing the record, believing what was told to him by his parents. And he too makes the sacrifice that God requires. And he passes down that information from generation to generation. You see, from Adam now to the next story that we're going to examine, which is the story of the life of, uh, of Noah, uh, the biblical account of Noah and the great flood. And we see that there are 10 generations now who go all the way from Seth down to Noah. And we see that these are people all the way through that gener those 10 generations. There were men who believed God and continued to look for the coming deliverer that was promised to Adam and Eve down there in the garden. Now, if you had a chronological chart such as I do here, and if you'd like to have one, we do make some of these materials available, and you can learn how to contact us at the end of this broadcast. 
There are charts that are graphically displaying the very lessons that we're uh, going through together and Bible foundations. And one is a chronological chart which shows the names and the generations of believers from Adam to Noah. It goes like Adam and then Seth and then Enos and Kayanyan and Mahalalil and Jared and Enoch and then Methuselah and Lamech and Noah. Well, these are the lines that came now, the people that are talked about in Genesis chapter 5. And the portion of Bible history that we'll study about in our next lesson tells us about the grace that God gave and extended to Noah and his three sons. And this story of Noah took place about 1,500 years after the creation of Adam. But it's an important thing to understand that during this time, that sin just continued to abound. There were those who believed God through the line of Seth, but oh, my friend, the family of Cain abounded over and over and over again, as we'll see in our next lessons. Well, my friend, we're just delighted that you've spent this time with us again today, and I trust you'll understand that in the midst of terror, in the Garden of Eden and then in the, in the situation where God is attempting to reprove Cain, that there's hope of a deliverer. There's hope for this problem of a sin-sick world. And that's why we want to lay foundations of our understanding on the Word of God that will help us to know how to know God. The only way we can know that is through the Bible. Thank you for joining me on Bible Foundations. Would you encourage somebody else that you know to tune in daily as we cover the record that God has given of what really happened in the history of humanity?